welcome to the First Intuition Podcast. On this episode, myself and Dave talk about how to put together an effective study planner. We recorded the session in front of a live Zoom audience, and if you'd like to join us for a future show, you can register for them. We've put a link in our show notes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the First Intuition Student Forum and Podcast. My name is Ben Bullman, and I am joined this week by my good friend, colleague and esteemed tutor, David Malthouse. Good evening, Dave. Good evening, Ben. I haven't been called esteemed, I don't think, ever before, so thank you very much for that. And if it's not too late, Happy New Year, Ben. Happy New Year to you. Yeah, I'm going to let you off. I actually made a commitment that I wouldn't do a Happy New Year after last Friday. But for you, my friend, because this is the first time we're on the, the, the forum together, um, Happy New Year. How's 2023 started for you? It started quite well. I'm, I'm still sticking to my New Year's resolution, um, which is, um, as, as I normally, as I have done three out of the last four years, it's it's doing the veganuary diet. So um, I'm e- eating purely plant-based foods for the, um, for the month of January. And I must say, it's a lot easier this year than it was the first time that I did it uh, well, three years ago, back in 2020. Um, I, I was with you on Friday at a um, at an internal training kind of conference and we did exactly the same training conference back in 2020 just before COVID exploded and, and ruined everything and um, one of the the ladies that I was sitting next to um, I, I, I was actually sitting next to the last time we did it and I said oh, I'm doing Veganuary again and she said does that mean you're going to be miserable and moody like you were back in 2020 and apparently I wasn't as miserable and moody as I was back in 2020. So I think I probably got used to it and found the food that I can eat. Because I, I just remember being starving back then, but I'm not as starving hungry now as I was back then. What, what do you think's changed? Have you just got more ideas of the sorts of things you can and could be eating? Do you think you, you're just more experienced with maybe the times you need to eat, how much you need to eat? I think this time, the first time I did it, it's like, oh, my God, what am I going to eat? You know, what's going to take the place of, of the meat on my plate? How, how am I going to you know, substitute for the burger that I had? And it was always trying to make a meal that was based around something meat based that you could try and put something in there. So, and I, I did try some of the horrible like meat substitute steaks. And stuff like that, which were not particularly nice. But I think now I'm, I'm having more meals that are just based on as meals that are plant based and not thinking where's the meat missing. But here is a, a delicious meal that, that tastes really nice. And my personal favourite, because I know you're going to ask Ben, is that there is a delicious celeriac curry that, um, that I make that is it's really, really nice. Um, and uh, yeah, my personal favourite from the last couple of weeks. I would imagine you've missed the boat on this one. The market is quite saturated. But but if this is the say this is the third time, third year out of four years um, next year, I'm kind of vaguely expecting that the David Malthouse Veganuary cookbook or maybe even some some YouTube videos of, of you with your favourite recipes. <laughs> I, I think it, I think it would have to be TikToks now, wouldn't it? So I have some kind of TikTok content showing the food that I'm producing. I'm not convinced that I'm kind of like the, the you know, the typical TikToker. So yeah, we will see how it goes. So we what the the vegan accountant doing a little <laughs> dance based on kale. 
Yeah, bean counter. There we go. You could do a play on words there with the number of beans that I'm sure you've been eating. <laughs> Very good, Ben. Excellent. Well, we could talk about your, your veganism for the rest of the, the show, but we have got a theme tonight that we need to start moving on to. So this evening's topic that we're going to talk about are study plans and study planning. Dave, I understand you've recently done an exercise yourself. We quite often talk about our family, regular listeners, you know, but you've done an exercise with your son who's planning for his exams in June in the summer, haven't you? Yeah. So my, my son, Henry, who is he's 17. And if you go back through episodes, you can trace various different of his antics that he's been up to over the last few years. And he has he's decided that he would like to pursue a career in accountancy. So um, it, it's something that it's, it's not through me whatsoever, because whenever I talk to him about accountancy throughout all of my life, he's always said, Dad, you're so boring. Um, I don't want to do anything that you get involved in. But he, he came to one of the summer schools that we ran uh, last year. And my my good colleague and friend, um, Ian, who's been on, on the podcast, um, spent some time with Henry. And on the basis of Ian's teaching and Ian's experience, Henry now thinks that, that accountancy might be a career that he wants to follow. We did get arranged for some work experience for him. So he did two weeks work experience working in a finance department. He absolutely loved that. So now he definitely wants to be an accountant. He's found the job that he wants as well. Um, so he's he's been been to the, the employer and he's he spent a bit of time with them at the, their open day. He's finalising his application now and he needs to get three B's in his A-levels in order to in order to take on that role. So he was asking me if I could help him to put together a study plan to make sure that he gets out the best possible chance of achieving those three B's as possible. So this week I sat down with him and we put together a study plan. So it kind of, this, this subject kind of really, really close to my heart. So um, yeah, I spent a, a, a good few hours kind of putting together the study plan for him, which he has so far worked in line with. <laughs> Excellent. So, so he's made a positive start. Yes. Just, just to um, recap the context here, this is for three um, separate subjects. Yes. Yeah. So he's he's chosen sociology or he, he chose a year and a half ago, sociology, law and physics, which are not natural bedfellows. Um, physics without maths is quite tough. Physics on its own is really, really hard. Um, and in law and sociology, I suppose that as social sciences, they are quite, quite well connected. Um, and although not accountancy study, I'm sure the process you went through and hopefully yeah. we're going to talk through that process in a moment would be equally as relevant for any of the students listening to this who are at the start of the year or at any time, come yeah. to think of it planning the study for their next module or their next couple of modules. So so let's go back to the, the start, your first discussion with, with, with Henry. Yeah. What was the first thing you needed to ascertain, the first steps to building his study plan? Well, the first thing that I did is I, being an accountant, I got out a spreadsheet and um, I, I started with, you know, with, with kind of like a column on the left was date. So I, I put on that date and started with today's date. And then I just dragged that down all the way through until I got to July. And um, the thing I did next to that is I then, um, I, I, I then next to the date, put the day of the week that it was. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all the way through Saturday, Sunday, repeating until we got down to July. Um, 
I then put two extra columns and, and this might be different for different people, but I put down morning, afternoon, evening. So three possible times a day when you could study. Um, I then went through and flagged up when there were weekends and when there were weekdays to make sure that you know I, I, I treated them differently. So I colored the weekends, the cells for weekends differently to weekdays. So it was easy to navigate around. And then I put in things that I knew and uh, or, or, you know, I should say we put in things that we knew. So things like his exam dates. So we know when his exams are. So his exam dates all went into the planner. So we wrote down kind of where they were week by week. And his exams are over a four week period, a week before half term and then two weeks after half term. So it's got a break in the middle. Um, I also put all the other school holidays, bank holidays, flagged all of those up. So we did that. Um, I then went through with him and said, well, you know, when do you finish school? You know, when, when to school say you're off now, study leave. And for all the period he was at school in a.m., p.m. weekdays, I just put school because he had to be at school. So, this, you know, when he's at school, he, he can't revise because he's in his classes and he's doing his classwork. So we can't do anything there. So we had that down. Um, and that was the point when I really asked, I, I sat down to him and I said, well, what should we put in next? And he made the mistake that every student that I know makes whenever I talk to them about study planning. And they said, right, well, physics is the hardest. So I'm going to put physics in there and not a bit more physics. Then I could do some law. Then I'm going to do some sociology. And I said, no, Henry, that's not how we study plan. OK, first thing is, what do you like doing most in the world? You know, other than spending time with your dad. Um, and he said, well, hockey. Uh, you know, I love playing hockey. So when is your hockey training, Henry? Tuesdays. Tuesday evenings, hockey training. So every Tuesday evening, I just went through and went hockey, 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 hockey. Okay, because you can't, you know, live your life from the period of time from now until July not doing the things you love. So I made sure he put those in and said, and you play matches on a Saturday, don't you? He said, yes, I do. So Saturday afternoon, it just goes hockey, 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 hockey. Brilliant. And then I said. And are any of your friends having a party at all that you know of? You know, are there parties going on? Because I know that there will be parties going on. And he said, oh, yeah, there's one at the end of the month. Put that in Saturday evening party. OK, and I said, you know what I'm going to do to make your life easier, Henry? Sunday morning, no study. So just making sure those those things that you love doing, that you really want to do, that you get enjoyment from, you actually put in there. So now you're left with this is the real time you've got available to study. So we went through the first week and we said, right, Monday, you know, what are we going to do? And he was like, sociology. Okay, right, sociology time. Sociology Monday evening. But we said that I don't expect you like to spend the entire evening. You know, if you're doing a study session that's longer than 90 minutes, you're not going to get much out of it beyond that 90 minute period. And I tend to think the perfect study period is somewhere between 45 minutes and 90 minutes. So all we're looking for is that kind of 45 minutes to 90 minutes on a Monday to look at his sociology. Tuesday, we know is hockey. Wednesday, we put down physics. Thursday, we put down law. And then he's got, I've got the pattern now. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to put down, was it sociology on Friday? And I said, no, you're not. OK, what are we going to do on Friday then, Dad? And I just wrote down, play computer games. Because you've got to build in some of those other things that you won't, that otherwise you'll just say, oh, forget this, I'm going to go and do something. So just scheduling time for things that I know that he likes. And then over the weekend, Monday, uh, so on Saturday, I know he plays hockey, he loves that. 
So a study session in the morning and one in the evening. Remember, these are study sessions of 45 minutes to 90 minutes. It's not the entire evening, but it's just making sure you prioritize doing that work on a regular basis. Every Sunday, I, I just put down for one of those sessions. So, you know, if he does something in the morning and he's got something planned in the evening, okay, you're doing two study sessions that day. So Sunday afternoon, just relax. Just do anything you want to. Go out for a bike ride, read a book play computer games, watch TV, watch a movie. So that's how we built up the study plan. Now, I feel that that now gives him, and, and, and as we calculated, it's 150, it was 156 days, I think, until that he had left until he sat his last exam. That's a program of study that he can follow and, and actually get to the exam and perform. If you put much more than that in a 156 day study plan, you're gonna give up after a week because it's too much and you're sacrificing too much of the things that you love and you things you enjoy. You can work flat out, but I don't know about you, Ben, I can work flat out for maybe two weeks. If I go beyond two weeks of not doing anything I enjoy, I just want to give it all up because it's, it's not worth it at all. So you've got to make sure that there's a balance there between doing the work you have to, but also making time for things that you one have to do and things you love to do. Excellent. There's a couple of questions that are jumping into my mind at this stage. Yeah. First one is you made a big point. Um, yep. The cliche accountant to start saying we opened up Excel. Um, <laughs> obviously, other other spreadsheet packages are available, although I'm sure most of us would jump to Excel. Um, what? Why do you think it was important to do it on uh, a formalized system and structure have something that presumably I, I don't know I'll ask you this question where, where did you save it when you completed it? Uh, it it's at the moment saved on my desktop of my computer but I actually asked Henry about this he said do you want a copy of this he said can you print it out for me so I can put it on the wall uh, and uh, I was kind of like wow I didn't expect you to to actually want that but his view is I want to have it up there so I know what I can see what I'm doing you know, get out of bed. I can look at them and say, this is what I'm playing to do today. And the thing I think that he really likes is he could just tick off to say that he's done it. And before you know it, you're going to go through two and a half pages and it's just tick, 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 tick. And you realise how much work you've done. Excellent. So, so that actually follows on from my second question. I was going to say, who's got access to it? Presumably if it's printed out somewhere, mm -hmm. he's got access to it, but other people can also see it. And yeah. maybe um, you're going to run point on maybe reminding him in the nicest possible fatherly way that oh it was study session last night how did it go Henry um what, what have you got planned for tomorrow's study session if you know it's coming up yeah. yeah absolutely brilliant um as always we've got a live studio audience with us on on zoom and, and we've had a really good question in the chat box I, I won't mention the person's name but I will kind of read it back to you Dave um they're asking is it bad in one of the study sessions to say I will complete this amount of work rather than a specific time period? You talked there about um, sessions anywhere between 45 to 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. I think this person's coming at it and saying they usually plan a study session by saying I'm going to get to the end of chapter 12, maybe, or do that particular lecture example. OK. I, I would say, no, it's not bad. 
Um, I, I think that if you are breaking down the work that you're doing into chunks and saying, right, I, I want to, and the, the way I, I tend to look at it, and particularly as you get close to exams, it should all be about question practice. And if you're saying, I'm going to do 30 questions, 30 small questions on investment appraisal, and you know, I'm going to do the questions, I'm going to mark the questions, and then I'm going to make some notes on the areas that I fall short to make sure I remember next time you know, where I went wrong. Um, and you set yourself those 30 questions, you do those 30 questions in 30 minutes and you've marked them and you're happy, I have no problem at all with you closing your books and saying, that's me done. The only thing that I would worry about is, as you said, Ben, if you say, right, I'm setting myself chapter 12 to do tonight. And if you end up sitting there four and a half hours later because you desperately need to get that chapter finished, you're not learning after four and a half straight hours. You're, all you're going to be doing is you know, burning yourself out. You're going to be losing sleep. You're going to be lacking energy. And you're going to want to give up because it's not enjoyable. And you know, unless you do really, really enjoy sitting there learning from a book for four and a half straight hours. I know I don't, Ben. I, I, need, to, I need a break. I need to get up and do something. I need to you know, enjoy you know, something else in my life rather than sit there for that length of time. So I, I would you know, say it's not bad at all that there's just that little caveat. So if it means that you're doing less time but completing the work, brilliant. But if it means that you are to get the work done, spending far too long an unhealthy amount of time, then it is probably that. And and I think exactly your point, the unhealthy amount of time, that's much harder for a student to self-assess. Obviously, my and your experience is predominantly in the classroom. And we in Cambridge finish our classroom courses at 4.15. Have I let a class go at 3.45 because we've completed everything I've got planned for the day and I'm confident that they've worked really hard? Yes, I have done. And I think that's akin to you saying we've covered everything. We were happy. Let's reward ourselves and maybe have a slightly early finish. Have I had classes stay beyond 4.15? Yes, I have. Have we ever gone past five o'clock no and and that's where I can draw the line and say actually yeah we've gone a bit over but we've not gone hours and hours and hours over and I do worry for students if you're there by yourself you're studying um, you can potentially let that actually time slip away and, and I agree with you Dave I don't think that is then a productive study session if you've been going for hours and hours and hours um, excellent. Um, someone talking about the timing of study sessions. So you said you broke down the study planner into um, mornings, afternoons, evenings. That's right. Yeah. Um, this person acknowledging um, set up two study sessions in the morning and in the evening, but it didn't work as the sessions were too long. So I guess that's about the pre-preparation of you saying, um, we don't have to do all of those three sessions every single day. You kind of picked and choose and kind of scattered them around other things that you knew that were going on. Yeah, I, I think if you are, um, unless you're in that kind of two week period before an exam where, yeah, you might be working all day Sunday. Um, I, I always think that if you split your day into, two, into three or four study sessions and then make sure you are not studying in one of them. 
to make sure that you're doing something else in one of them. And I think that entirely depends on you. So some people will just think, you know what, on a Sunday morning, I like to lie in, I like to watch rubbish on TV, get up at 11, have a bite to eat. Brilliant. That's what you like doing on a Sunday. That's what gives you joy and happiness. Don't give that up because you've got two other study periods in the afternoon and the evening, and you can do those two. I know for me, Ben, on a Sunday evening, I like to sit down and watch the American football on Sky Sports, and I'll watch that from six o'clock. So I don't want to give up my Sunday evenings. I'd much rather get up in the morning, do a study session Sunday morning, do one Sunday afternoon, and then watch my American football in the evening. And remember, the study periods I'm talking about, you know, 45 minutes to an hour and a half. That's, you know, up at 10 o'clock, finish at 11.30. You know, have some lunch, start studying at three o'clock and go through to 4.30. So it, it's, you know, I'm not saying spend the entirety of the morning, entirety of the um, afternoon, entirety of the evening. You know, with that caveat of closer to the exam, you may need to do full mock exams to time and, and, and that work does start to step up. But when you're you know, two, three months away from the exam, those study periods to me are absolutely right. And you might not need to do three study, you know, two study periods on a Sunday. You might just need the one of them if you're studying towards one exam. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. Um, you were doing a study planner there for three subjects yeah three yep. distinct subjects three distinct exams and and some of our students will do um dual exams so so a couple maybe even some do three together at times depending on the qualification but the vast majority of our students these days would be looking at one module and the exam and then on to the next one so um your study planner with Henry was dictated by those three subjects if you're a student that's going to be doing one at a time what would be your advice on which one you put first which one you then put second which one you put third so if we're looking at say the we're starting our studies from scratch this is beginning of 2023 and we're looking forwards for 2023 I can sit you know any exam that I like in any order that I want so I would, first of all, be looking to sit one exam at a time if you can. So I, I, doing more than one exam requires quite a bit of juggling. It's, a, it, it's far more straightforward to focus on one, then the next, then the next. The first thing I would look at, Ben, is are you studying with a college, uh, you know, either remotely, or are you studying face-to-face? However you're studying, I would get advice from whoever is running those courses. So, you know, I know for you and I, Ben, you know, we both deliver in the classroom. If someone comes to me and says, I'm doing ACCA this year, which subject should I do in March? Which subject should I do in June? I've got a pathway that I would recommend based on, you know, the the way that we deliver them and how we would sequence those programmes. And I would say, right, you're starting in March. This is where I would start. Um, If you've got complete freedom yourself to study in any order, and you're studying by buying a set of notes or buying a set of books, and you don't have that level of support, I would spend a little bit of time looking at the syllabus of each of those subjects. And based on the syllabus content of those subjects, think which which one of these exams either is something that I've seen before and I've got a little bit of background knowledge, or which one of these exams is going to help me most in my job. So I know we've got someone here that, that's you know, said beforehand, what someone in the audience said beforehand, that they're doing personal tax returns at the moment. 
So you think, well, if, if you do personal tax returns, then doing the personal tax exam, if that was if you were choosing an exam, if there's no other consideration, well, that would be a pretty good shout because you've already got a little bit of knowledge. If you're used to building sets of financial accounts, then doing a financial accounting paper would, would make sense. So that's how I would plan it out is which one do I think is going to be easiest to get into? I wouldn't be strategically thinking about kind of, you know, which one do I do last, set, me, set, set myself up best for the next level. I just think immediately which ones are going to follow most quickly. If you don't want to think about that, then my hack for this would be, right, I don't know which ones to do. I don't have a college because I don't want to go to college or maybe I can't afford to. Find a college you know and trust, okay, that if you did have the money you would go to. Look at their courses and almost always they're going to have details on their courses of this is the order we recommend people study in and just copy that. Yeah, it's you know the information's there it's it's free uh, and that will give you an idea of a structure that if a college is delivering it they're delivering it because it works for their students and they believe it will deliver the best pass rates because if there was another order to do them to deliver better pass rates they would do them in that other order so that that would be my little hack for if you don't want to think about it just copy what another college is delivering and if you can't find it on on a college's website then you know think about well which other colleges could i look at Okay, and I, I know for sure, Ben, that I've got a brochure with a little leaflet that just says for ACCA students, this is the order that we're recommending if you start in March or if you start in June or if you start in September. Exactly, exactly the same, Dave. I've actually checked ours this morning on our sequence pathway for ACCA. All of our brochures have got a pathway through AAT. And when we're doing that, I think you, you, you touched on it. We look at which unit would be the most preferable to start with because some are probably more preferred starting points than others. And then we'd also look at whether any particular units go together nicely as a follow-on combination. So there's kind of two elements to it, which one to start with, but also when you're looking and you use the word sequencing, that's exactly what we do. We look at, is there a particular unit that would follow on nicely from that, that would have an element of overlap and, and common ground that makes sense to do that one back to back? So um, thank you. Thank you for your response there. Um, another question in the chat box, and this is one we get asked loads. So I'm going to throw it over to you. Um, someone just starting their particular course, and they're asking approximately, how much study a week is a good amount to keep on top of the workload? What's your what's your initial thoughts to that one? Okay, so miles away, we're a long way from the exam. So we're in that kind of knowledge phase. So we are trying to acquire the knowledge, make sure that knowledge is staying in, in our long-term memory. So we do need to revisit between lessons to make sure that we are constantly refreshing that knowledge. Now, it, it's different for different people because different people are going to pick things up at different speeds. I would say from my perspective, the maximum that I would want anyone to do is if they do a day in the classroom with me, I would say the maximum additional study they should do before their next class is going to be the equivalent amount of time. So, you know, most of our classes, there tends to be about six hours worth of teaching during the day. So I would say if you're doing more than six hours worth of work from one lesson to the next, that's probably a bit too much. So I would say up to six hours. 
Um, now, it might be the case, and we always set homework, don't we, Ben, in terms of, you know, right, you finished chapter one, chapter two. These are the questions that you need to be able to do between now and, uh, and, um, and your next lesson. So it might be that you feel so confident, you go straight into those questions, you crack all the way through them and you get them all right. And it takes you 90 minutes. And in which case, that's fine, because you, you clearly have absorbed all of that knowledge. You may have known some of it already from previous studies or from your work. And as a result, you've already got that level of mastery. Um, so I, I would say that kind of up to the same amount of time. I think by the time we get to kind of things like final level ACCA papers, you know, I, I would expect it to be an equivalent amount of time. But I think when we're doing those initial papers where we've got a little bit of background and you know, for things like um, AAT level two, there are some parts of AAT level two that some people just get. I mean, I, I've known people where I, I've, I've taught them, you know, the basics of debits and credits. And by the end of the class, they're kind of fluent in debits and credits. You think, my goodness, you, hit, you pick that up quickly. Whereas some people do require that equivalent amount of time to make sure they cement that knowledge. So I'd say up to, I would say six hours between classes. Yeah, I, I agree. I think looking at our standard classroom approach, we teach a, a six hour day of content. We break that down usually into five separate sessions. So you, you can do the maths as well as I can on that. But if you take six hours and divide by five, we have each of those sessions lasting for one hour, 15 minutes. And I think then it makes it much more manageable. I appreciate a lot of students haven't got the luxury of being able to do a whole day of study dedicated a week. But if you can break that down into one hour, 15 minute segments and fit them in, occasional morning, occasional evening, a couple of them at the weekends, you'll actually be surprised how, how that works. And, and I think it would work for the majority of students. Obviously, every student is different. They are individuals. And some students, as you've alluded to, maybe need slightly more. Some might actually get away with slightly less. But I think that would be a good starting point for everybody. And I'm doing exactly this now. We as classroom tutors plan in advance for our courses. I will be early next month starting the, the new AQ, or sorry, Quals 2022 draft in financial statements, the level four financial statements unit. And I've already broken it down. I've got six days with that class. I've got five sessions for each of those days as one hour, 15 minutes. And I've been going through doing my teaching plan. I've been going through the course folder in advance and working out what areas, what chapters, and even building in some time for some question practice and some task practice within those sessions. And I would encourage any student doing a, a new unit to do exactly the same as that. Break down your time slots go to your folder, break it down and try and give yourself an indication of that's how long it's going to take me to get through the folder if I've got six, 12 hours a week, whatever it is for you. Cool. Um, another question in the chat box. Should you be spending more time if you're teaching yourself than if you're doing it with regards to a structured live or classroom session? I would say yes. <laughs> the, the way that I, I, I look at it is that that you you can, you can pass professional exams 
in, in a whole range of different ways. So you, you can come to one of our classes, Ben, where you know you'll be entertained by us, and uh, and you know we will give you that information in that kind of six-hour time frame, and then there'll be that amount of learning that happens outside that, that happens outside to cement that knowledge. Now, the, the for anyone that is you know on a, on a strict 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 budget, and um, it, it's thinking I want to get through the qualification, but I just don't have the funds to be able to come to a course or buy an online course or anything like that. Um, you, you can just buy a book. You know, for, for every exam, there is a book and that book will contain all the knowledge you need to pass that exam. But in order to actually understand how it's going to be tested, you'll need to read the book, understand the theory. Then you'll need to understand how individual bits of theory could be applied in an exam. And you've got to do a lot of work to get, you know, from reading a book to being exam ready. And, and I tend to think that that approach is going to take you probably three or four times longer than coming to a classroom so you know however long you're in a classroom multiply that number of hours by three plus the homework time that we just talked about and that to me will probably be the amount of time it will take you to learn that subject using a book and then in between kind of you've got Ben in the classroom at one end who, who you know will give you knowledge super super quickly you've got the book where it will take longer you've then got a gradient of everything in between and I think if you're doing things like, you know, online classes, I, I would I, I would put an online class up there with you, Ben, in terms of, you know, online delivery. You know, it isn't a, a you know, a substandard product. You know, it isn't less effective. It just works for different people in a different way. So it gives you, you know, it gives you that flexibility um, to study as and when you like. And, and I think different people like it for different reasons. People love the flexibility. The people in my classrooms just don't like the fact that they, they, they get distracted at home and they want to have someone in front of them that tells them what to do. And you know they can't sneak off to the kitchen and have a cup of tea when someone's talking. So I, I think if you're doing say an online class, I would say yeah, it's the same as a classroom. The same sort of discipline should apply. You've seen your lecture. You've gone through the questions that the lecturer has gone through with you online, and then you need to use the same amount of time outside of the classroom to really consolidate that knowledge. Um, yeah, I, I agree completely. I think um, as, as much as I'd like to put it all down to the, the quality of, of me and my colleagues as tutors, and don't get me wrong, I work with some fantastic tutors, I think another thing that gets thrown into the mix with regards to the difference between coming to a, a live structured session and you having to do it yourself is the, the respect that the class have got for me and the other tutors and each other. And if you're planning your own study session, actually, it's a lot easier to disrespect yourself in it and get distracted. When I'm in class, I am wanting the class to pay full attention their mobile phones are not a distraction. We've kind of been those off. We don't have the telly on in the background when we're doing a classroom course. They've got each other and myself to keep them focused during those sessions. And I would say that's probably one of the biggest challenges for anyone doing the, the self-study or even the online videos where you can choose to have um, the telly on in the background or the radio on in the background, something that's just distracting you. Um, something I learned, actually, and, and I love the fact that, that me and you, Dave, continue to learn and share things that we've experienced recently that we weren't doing before. 
I was on a, a training session last week, and I think I mentioned it on last week's podcast. And the trainer at the start of our session, I think we'd got a three hour session with her planned. She, for the first 10 minutes, said to us, what is going through your brain at the moment that's going to stop you fully focusing on the next three hours? And she gave us all 10 minutes at the start of that three hour session to say, go away and do it. If it's an email that you've not sent, go and send it now. If it's a phone call you need to make, you've got 10 minutes, go and do it now. If it's the fact you haven't done your online shopping and you know you need to get that done, go and do it now. And she gave us all 10 minutes. I think students doing self-study could do that. If you've got a one hour, 15 minute study session planned, maybe think the first 15 minutes is going to be preparing myself mentally. If that means you need to go and do something else, that's fine, because I guarantee you'll get much more value out of the remaining hour than you would have got if you'd got that thing overhanging. Couple more bits going off in the chat box. I'm conscious we are nearly up to time for this evening. Um, let's have a look. Are we able to connect to other students on our classes, particularly the online live classes? Um, you've got the chat box with each other. You can do. We have to be a bit careful. We can't instigate any platforms away from first intuition because obviously we've got a responsibility. And what goes on at a live first intuition session, we can take control of. But if you wanted to reach out to other students, I know there are social media pages where students go. You can go there and see if you can find other people that are experiencing similar things to you outside. Dave, what's your experience of students getting together away from the, the classroom? Um, yeah, I know it does happen. Um, and I know that we don't tend to advise that people get too attached to them and you know one of the reasons that is i know that they, they they used to be and i don't know if it still exists or not but aat used to have their own student forum where students could post questions and people could answer them and engage with them and i used to get really really frustrated because you sometimes had um someone posted the question and uh, you know i'd look and I'd think yeah i know the answer to that question i'm going to go in and help and you know there's 10 responses that you know, the first one's wrong and then the second person comes along and says um i think that might be wrong and then it degenerates into an argument as to why it is or isn't wrong and i think that probably does more to confuse people than um that, than you know if they hadn't put the answer up there at all so i, I, I and, and i see it in social media quite a bit and particularly with the thing we've talked about before, people coming out of exams and saying, oh, did you see that foreign currency question? And you know, people then, you know, me knowing full well, that's not even in the syllabus. I know the question wasn't like that. You've made it more complicated than it needs to be. So I, if you, if you have got the support of a tutor, I would make sure that that's your first port of call. And um, if you've got contact details for the tutor, which you should have if you're on one of our classes, um, send them details of the question you've got that, that, that you have now what i like as a tutor is i like my students if they're saying i'm struggling with a question i like them to send me what they've done so the quickest way to do it is get your phone out take a photo 
and then ping that across to me an email and say, look, I've tried task seven. This is the answer that I've got. I can't see how it ties up to the model solution. Can you help? And the more information you give me and the more that you tell me what you're doing, the quicker I'm going to be able to get back to you. Um, if it's the case that you, you kind of contact me and say, I'm really struggling with material price variances, I, that's could go anyway you know it's, it's do you struggle describing them do you struggle with calculating them do you struggle with conceptually understanding what's going on with the variance so it, it's you know for me the more precise you can be with a the question then the better and the quicker we can get back to you with an answer the other thing i would encourage and something we see in the classroom there will usually be a break halfway through the the session and at break times in the classroom, it's very common, and Dave, I'm sure you'll nod along to this, for students to maybe go and get a coffee, but have a chat informally about what they've got going on, how their study's going. Um, you can try and replicate that on the live sessions by using the chat box. Yeah, I'm sure any of the online live tutors won't mind if during the break time you, you put a, a question in the chat box and see if you can get some, some stuff going. We love it on this forum. I, I'm always delighted. And again, tonight, there have been messages of support to each other and people answering and asking questions of each other. And, and that's something I, I, I love to see. Mm -hmm. I do agree with Dave, though. Anything that goes away from a structured session, I think you, you've just got to be very, very shrewd that you're not getting sucked in and you're at risk of, of giving more to other people than you're actually going to benefit yourself. I'm all for helping others. But I think the balance needs to be right. And you need to be studying with people that you trust, with people that you've got confidence that they are actually um, going to gonna respect you as much as you would honour and respect them. And there's, there's some little things as well. I mean, ben, it, when we, you teach double entry for the, for the first time, then how do you how do you teach people, you know, what transactions are debits and which ones are credits? What, what do you use any acronyms or anything like that? Well, we, we use the tried and tested dead click. Yeah, but we reinforce it and we reinforce it and we reinforce it and we go again. And just when you yeah. think they've got it, they'll make a mistake and we go again. And I still bring it back um, four units later. We're still talking about it because the more times you do it, the better you get. A lot of the stuff we teach is quite unnatural, isn't it? Yeah. There'll be some bits that you take to, but a lot of the stuff we do is unnatural, even as a tutor. I have to go over things and go over things and go over things. I've been doing some management accounting this week and have to refresh my memory on linear programming and doing simultaneous equations. And I had to put in some work to redo them. And the second time I did it, and when I did it in class, actually, it was fine again. But everybody has to kind of say, this stuff is not going to just come to me. I'm not the 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 person that just gets everything right first time and that's very natural that's what it should be really yeah and the reason i ask then is that if I, i'll i'll challenge anyone here if you go onto a social media platform where accountants hang out so there aren't many of them and if you ask the question how do you remember which transactions are debits and which transactions are credits you will get and someone's already put it in the chat box. You'll get some people saying, oh, I do it with the, the acronym PEARLS. Some people will do dead click. Some people will say things like, oh, debits by the window. Uh, and, you know, you'll get all of these crazy different ways that 
other people have taught people how to do it. And suddenly, if you're trying to learn what are debits and what are credits, and you're like, oh, is it pearls? Is it dead click? Is it something by a window? It, it, it's, it, it's just going to add loads and loads of confusion. So if you know one thing that works for you or one thing that your tutor is directing you to, follow that method. And that, that to me is, you know, it's the danger of asking other people sometimes is that they can tell you something and with the best intentions in the world, but all it does is confuses you further. And, and another one for me is variances, Ben, because I, I always teach variances with the should versus did methods. Should do this, did do that. I know some people learn it through memorizing formulae and it's kind of like X plus Y minus Z. And it's okay, that's the way that you choose to remember it. But if you try learning a formula alongside a should versus did method, you're going to get confused really, really quickly. And it is that that consistency and the repetition, isn't it? Doing it one way and doing it again and again and again that same way. Yeah. Um, guys, we are well over time. I'm going to draw things to a conclusion this evening. Live guys, thank you for joining. Thank you for your contributions in the chat box. Please come back next week. Um, myself and Dave will be here again to answer your questions. Um, thank you to everybody that's downloaded the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Please continue to um, download. Please share links to download and encourage other people that maybe you work with or are studying with to listen. Um, have a good week, everybody, and we will see you next time for the next episode of the First Intuition Student Podcast. Thank you all very much.